You're listening to one more episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that will one day become future classics. And today's is actually a current, it's like a present future classic, because today's movie is supposedly a movie that released in 1995, but in the alternate universe of the movie Toy Story. Today we're going to watch the movie, or we're going to talk about the movie, Lightyear. Um, This is a movie, like I said, set in the Toy Story cinematic universe. It's supposed to be the movie that the toy, Buzz Lightyear, played in Toy Story by by Tim Allen, is based on. Now, there is no Tim Allen in this movie. Uh, Buzz Lightyear is played by Chris Evans here. Um, But... um, yeah, we'll tell you what we thought of the movie. This is a mostly spoiler-free episode. There are some spoilery things we want to talk about eventually, but there is a very explicit spoiler warning. Like, you got to be trying to miss that spoiler warning. Uh, it's about half an hour in, so if you haven't seen the movie and you still want to, you can still listen to roughly a half an hour of this before we um, kick it into uh, spoiler territory. And um, if you have already seen the movie then I hope you will enjoy our podcast. I guess if you haven't seen the movie, I also hope you'll enjoy our podcast. Anyway, here it is. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a taste of the score of Lightyear. another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about Pixar movies. And like, I guess we just talk about a bunch of Pixar movies now. How many have we done so far? We did Onward. Um, What else? I know we did a bunch. Uh, We did, Turning Red was Pixar, right? Not Disney? Yeah, that was Pixar. Uh, We did Soul. That was a big one for us, I think. At least Mm -hmm. for me. Um, I can't think of any... Others. Oh, uh, no. What came out in 20... No, I guess 2019 we're taking a break, so we didn't do Toy Story 4, right? Were we taking a break? No, we weren't taking a break. It was just like, that was when we were in person, so we both had really hectic schedules and we didn't, like, quite manage to catch everything. came out in July. I wasn't there. We might have have done it during a wrap-up. Um, but yeah. I... It definitely, like, we have talked, we have mentioned it, like, mm-hmm. this is not the first time that we've said the words Toy Story 4 on the podcast, Yeah, but I don't yeah. think we did, like, an episode on it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Speaking I don't of know, Toy Story, in, though. Yeah, oh. this, though, this is a, this is a 
Toy Story spinoff, I guess. Yeah, which is um, interesting. I think it's an interesting way to do it. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I guess the like the way the, the film frames it is that this is... I actually missed the start, but I read that some text appears at the start and it says, this is the movie Andy saw that made him fall in love with Buzz and get a Buzz toy. Yeah. Um, take from that what you will. I, I don't really like that explanation, but I think it would have been just better to just go go with the flow of it. But um, I, yeah, I have some, like, I don't know, I have some thoughts on that, but I think the exact words are, in 1995, uh, Andy got a Buzz Lightyear toy for Christmas. That yeah. toy was from his favorite movie. This yeah. is that movie. I'm pretty sure that's the words of it. Yeah, okay. That does sound much more cinematic, I guess, than yeah. what I said. It's um, it's pretty cheesy, yeah. but like this is a pretty cheesy movie, so it's, it works. Yeah. Um, but what what is this movie about then? It's Lightyear. So, like, in case we didn't already say the name of the movie, it's Lightyear. And this movie is about Buzz Lightyear. Um, like not the toy from Toy Story, but the character that the toy is based on in-universe. So this movie is supposed to be a movie that exists in the Toy Story cinematic universe. Like, Andy could have gone to the theater and seen this movie. So uh, that's that's the concept here. And basically the story of it is uh, Buzz Lightyear and his partner, who I... <laughs> don't remember the name of but i will bring up because that's going to become a problem if i don't do that um buzz lightyear <laughs> buzz lightyear and his partner are is space like rangers izzy or is that the new one i think izzy is the new one the young one okay never mind abigail so anyway, no. yeah uh alicia okay there you go so buzz lightyear and his partner alicia are um their uh Buzz Lightyear and his partner Alicia are space rangers that are like um they're stationed on uh, a big it looks like a colony ship like they have it's it's a big ship that has a bunch of people in suspended animation on it and so they're looking for like some planet to s- settle with their ship and they crash land on a planet And as they're, like, looking around, trying to, well, trying to actually get off the planet because they deem it too dangerous, they break a very important part of their ship, the hyperdrive crystal. So they actually, like, are stranded on this planet. And so Buzz Lightyear, like, he sets it as his goal to replace the hyperdrive crystal, which involves him doing, like, a bunch of test flights to get to literally the speed of light. And he just can't do it. But every time he does, he goes a little bit forward in time. Uh, like, not a little bit. Like, every no. time he does, the, the, ri- <laughs> the mission digital. takes him four minutes. But, like, for everyone else, it's four years. So he keeps doing this. And then eventually, like, when he finally does it and has and hits the speed of light and has a hyperdrive crystal, like, decades have passed. And now he has to, and then robots attack, and now he has to make it back to the ship so that he can deliver this hyperdrive crystal. That yeah. is the story of this. That's the basic story. 
but also since he's since like decades have passed at that point he's basically like a man out of time kind of like captain america which i've heard is why chris evans was cast as buzz Lightyear. it's kind of on the nose (laughs) so like he's, he's like a man out of time and he's got to like one learn that teamwork is good and like to be a team player and also he's got to like the entire supporting cast, even though these are all people from where he is from, are new people that he's never met before because they were all born while he was in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a surprisingly depressing premise. Um, the premise is super good. I mean, the premise is just the story of Rip Van Winkle, basically, if anyone knows what that is. Yeah, I've heard this isn't a very original story for a sci-fi movie. Um it's I've also the story it. of uh, Planet of the Apes, actually. At least the Tim oh, wow. Burton remake. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is. Um, at least, I think it's the original, too, yeah. The original, I think but, so. Um, yeah, I, I heard that was kind of a complaint. I've only seen that. I, I don't watch much sci-fi, so I, I would say I've only kind of seen this premise in, like, Interstellar. I also, um, like, don't think different. that's a complaint because I think that that's a really solid premise. And when it's executed really well, I am always here for that story because mm-hmm. like, I just, it's depressing, but it's a story that I just really, really love. And yeah. you know, when it's executed well, great. I love it. And even when it's executed, not so well, it's still one that I enjoy a lot. See, I think the biggest problem i had with the movie was just that i wish it was more of an original character and i guess world um because i think going into this i was like i've from what i know about buzz light you're supposed to be like an action action adventure hero that explores the stars and stuff this was a much more grounded like this wasn't really like a space action adventure movie this was like a sci-fi movie but felt like more on the lines of like Star Trek or like something more. It, it was a very adult movie, if that makes sense. So like going into it, like I don't, I don't necessarily think the Buzz Lightyear, other than like the name, the Buzz Lightyear, um, that like what we know of him didn't really add to the movie in any way. And it only detracted it because I think I was expecting something very different than what we got. I don't, well, I mean, I see half of that point. But, like, I don't know if I agree that this is a very adult movie. It's a very adult premise, but I think that the actual movie is, like... I mean, I I wrote a very, very quick review after I watched this movie, and I said, like, the idea of this movie is that it's supposed to be a five-year-old's favorite movie in 1995. And, like, in 1995, I was two, but, like, when I, when I was five, I would have loved this movie. Like, oh. this is this is a very... I honestly think that, like, kids going to this movie probably would love it. And, like, I say that a little bit from experience because uh, I was in a theater with some kids that seemed to, like, really pop off for this movie. Mm, That's fair. I I personally, at least if I was a kid, I don't think I would have liked this as much. At least, like, well, it's hard to say. And with the experience I had, I wouldn't say I had a lot of fun in the theater. Uh, and the moments I did like were much more of like the concepts and the possibilities possibilities of this story, which I felt were held back by the need to be comedic or 
fun like a Pixar movie slash what well, they expected from a Buzz Lightyear movie. Except well, for socks. I love socks. And and also I would say that one thing that holds this movie back is like the thing that's most interesting for me in this movie too is the concepts. And if you delivered on those concepts perfectly, it would be an incredible movie. But mm-hmm. like um for me, I say that I like this as a kid's movie. I don't much like this as an adult's movie because I think that the concepts are held back by the overly simplistic messaging of this movie and like the need to be a really good kid's movie because going through this movie, like, I mean, I already kind of said the moral of the story is teamwork is good. And like, when all of the all of the beats of the movie are cliched but not like super not like done in an interesting way it's just like buzz lightyear is full of himself so he's going to do the mission but he can't do it alone that's why he's got this band of merry tricksters over here that don't know what the heck they're doing but they are fun characters right and then by the end you know everyone has their own little thing and it's it's kind of cute but like in an, it's really simplistic for a movie that like I would like at my current age. But if I was five, I'd love this. Um, well, I, I think that concept could work if that was like more of the focus too. It felt like more of a, a subplot, like an afterthought, if that makes sense. I thought the main theme felt like the the idea of Buzz being okay with failing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and not achieving his mission. Because, like, that, I guess um, that's why he was so obsessed with going back into the spaceship. He wanted to save everyone when really they didn't really need saving. They just needed him, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that's a, kind of a quote from the movie. Um, Something he didn't like really that, yeah. live his life. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, too. But they don't, they bring it up, but I feel like they don't really tackle it in a meaningful way. Um, because the movie is distracted by like what you said with teaching Buzz how to work together, um, and like the other like side character subplots as well, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate because yeah, I think that that is a concept I feel like I don't see that much in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, being okay with not being great, if that makes like, sense. Well, and also like part of the ending of this is he has to be okay with like he ends up with the option to um, potentially undo his big mistake, like fix everything or just like live his life. And I think that like the concept of letting go is, you know, handled in so many movies. That's another one that like gets, it's got an entire genre basically, but um, it's not often handled the exact same way as it is here, or at least the way it could be here. I think that's, I'm going to say could be a lot in this review because that's my biggest problem with this movie is it's got so many, it introduces so much potential and then doesn't deliver on it because it's not interested in delivering on it. Yeah. Well, that's because it's, again, it's, I guess they, they were hoping it would be a kid's movie. Um, and yeah, I, that's, that was the biggest problem. Um, even though I think there was some cool, like, again, I think, uh, I think the, some of the side characters had enjoyable moments. I think they really did need more. Um, they were very one dimensional, I guess, and they didn't really feel like a team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I think Sock stole the show. I think he's one of my favorite characters ever. Oh, yeah. um, in a Pixar movie, at least, like he was really fun. Um, but he was like, he was comedic relief while also being kind of the heart of the movie. Um, and he was serious when he had to be too. Like it wasn't just like like a really stupid, silly character. Um, yeah. And like that's rare for a Pixar or a Disney movie because well not rare, but like the almost every Disney movie I can think of has like a silly animal sidekick. And at their best, the they're usually there for comedic relief, but mostly just stay out of the way. Like you can mostly ignore them. At their mm-hmm. worst, they're Olaf from Frozen. Uh, but yep. like in this one, they managed to like make yeah, like you said, they managed to make socks like comedic relief, but also he was the, the heart of the movie, which I've never seen that in a Disney companion before that I can think of. Yeah, well, I, I guess the first one that comes to thought is maybe like like they they had moments like uh, who's the guy? From Big Hero Six, the big guy. The um, guy. that would be Baymax, I think. Baymax, yeah. Baymax was kind. He had emotional moments, but I feel like he he wasn't like a full character though. He was um, close. He was like he was on close. the way there. Yeah, because he has that moment at the end where he's actually serious, mm-hmm. um, and he does something. But like, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say Socks was like an extremely balanced sidekick, um, with a lot of use in the movie. So I love that. Um, the design was really cool, and like just everything about him was really creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing I, I feel like I, I kind of wish we got more fun stuff like that. I guess because mm-hmm. if we weren't gonna delve into these aspects more, at least make it more of a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the like the just the entire like I didn't like how they isolated Buzz. I was hoping for like a space adventure, but this was just more like they're stuck. They're stuck on a planet the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And the planet wasn't necessarily that interesting either, right? It was Not just really. kind of like there were, I think, dangerous vines and bug creatures, but like it didn't feel like I, I'd say a really big part of sci-fi is building an interesting world. And I feel like this movie didn't really deliver on that in any way. Yeah, I think that like because the world wasn't interesting, the thing that had to be interesting was the villain Mm-hmm. And the villain of this movie was, again, interesting in concept, but the execution was, like, fine. Like, I didn't hate the villain of this movie. It's just that, like, it's not enough to make up for the aspects that it would need to make up for. Yeah, I I guess we can talk about it more later when we get into spoilers, but mm-hmm. it was, like, this. that was one example of why I didn't like how they were setting up like it's like they were teasing us with what we know from of buzz lightyear from toy story and like the tv show we had mm-hmm. but they were changing things to fit the story but it didn't really fit that world that was set up before um yeah if that makes sense they were like kind of changing and twisting things to make it more convenient and tell a different story mm-hmm. um and i think it would have just gone over better if it was an original character Rather than Buzz, mm-hmm. so yeah, not not a great villain, yeah, and and especially because we don't really get any screen time with the villain. Well, like. I mean, when I say that the villain needed to make up for the world building, I mean that's a lot to put on a villain. But like, what I'm saying, what I mean by that is, 
it's not the villain himself. The villain is Zerg. We'll talk more about Zerg, but the villain is Zerg, like the big, uh, the big bad from Toy Story 2. Not actually the big bad, but the one they introduce as a nemesis for Buzz in Toy Story 2. Mm-hmm. That's the villain of this movie. We'll get to that a little more later. Um, but like Zerg has a robot army and the robot army is not interesting. And that's more what I meant is like, Oh, I see. Yeah. It's like, if the world isn't interesting and what they're fighting in the world is robots, it's like, well, that's not much. And like, I actually, when I was watching this, the villain and the villains like army and kind of the world and the adventure they were on reminded me of Up, if Up was boring. Because, like, they're in Up, they're in a really interesting place that's like a big, it's, they're in one location, but it's like a big vibrant location that you actually want to be in. On this, they're in one location, which is a dead planet. And then in Up, they're, like, being chased by, like, ro- modified dogs. I, I don't think they're robots, but they're like really smart dogs. So they're being chased by these dogs that have an interesting backstory of like why they exist like that in the first place. (laughs) And in this, we have robots that have the hint of an interesting backstory eventually, but like it's the hint of one it's never delivered on. And we don't get that until very late into the movie. And there's no hint of it before that either. So we just get like, we just get Ultron bots and then, you know, you get a lot of shots that look very similar to shots in Up. Not exactly the same, but very similar to them. It's just that in Up, you have so much wacky nonsense going on on the screen that it's like, there. it's even interesting to look at. Where in Lightyear, I would not argue the same thing. Yeah, I, uh, I don't, I, I think the, like, they really brush over all of the explanation for like the robots it's just like i don't want to say it's just the the essentially i mean we'll talk about it more later but essentially the robots just kind of show up out of nowhere they're not they don't really uh we'll talk about it in spoilers i can't get when, into it yet. when there is any explanation of why the robots exist it's way too late into the movie to make to make any difference like i yeah. actually barely rep i i don't remember we will talk about it. We'll get there when we're in spoilers. But like, we're going to talk about why the robots are there, but it's going to be like a one sentence explanation. And I actually don't remember if there's more to that. It's like a very quick and it's way too late into the movie. So the robots yeah. just kind of don't matter. I actually like would have liked more exposition in this movie, surprisingly, or like just yeah. more explanation of things. Like a lot of the things just didn't really add up logically. Like, like the the whole light speed thing I thought was just really felt like out of nowhere. And it's also like, how did they never think of this before? Like, haven't they been traveling at light speed like a lot? Cause these are space Rangers. And yet they didn't know that time would dilate when it happened. Well, I mean, they figured it out very quickly. It's just that those two space Rangers specifically didn't, didn't know like they didn't i don't think they had to um it's like like was this their first time traveling or what sorry i maybe i missed that at the start of the movie like um so i don't know exactly when you came into the movie but like they were also frozen in pods on the thing so like they were unfrozen and it wasn't outright stated but like i kind of got the impression that they both knew 
they both knew the basics of like how you would create this hyper crystal, which is just take a, take a regular crystal with the right uh, mix of particles basically and travel at light speed. They both, they all knew, they both knew how you would do that, but I got the impression that they themselves had never actually done it. Okay. Which is why it was so difficult to do in the first place. And also why they didn't immediately think of, Oh, time dilation, but they did like get it quick. Cause they're like, wait a minute. No, that makes sense. This yeah, they is just what explained it. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I think the, I don't know that that whole sequence was weird. I, I really wish they kind of made that. That's I, I, like maybe more of an up thing where they have that time travel sequence a lot at the start, like at the very start of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was basically the entire first act was him trying to travel at light speed and failing over and over though, again. That was the best act though. That is true. Yeah. Um, but it just feels like each, each act of this movie kind of feels, well, the first act feels completely separate from the, the next two parts of the movie. Um, and then the second act and third act don't really mesh that well together anyway. So it's, it feels like just like a very pieced together film in a lot of ways. So yeah, I don't know. I, cause I, I think if they did squish that sequence more into the start, they could have developed the characters, the side characters more and given more of a meteor plot for the actual section, like the, the important section of the movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, Cause that was basically the first act was basically all set up to have emotional payoff later, but then it just didn't really connect that well. So, yeah, yeah. I think this movie kind of falls apart in the second act because the second act is where like, I don't know how you just kind of need to fully rewrite it because the second act doesn't have that much interesting going for it. The first act delivers on the concepts as best as this movie can. The third Mm. act introduces interesting concepts, but like kind of doesn't deliver on them as well. And the second act is fun buddy adventure in space. And it's like, that's not bad. That's just the most fundamentally like fundamentally it's the part of the movie that has the least potential to actually be good. And well, like, the, sorry, go ahead. The, the, also, no, the biggest issue is that like, it's not even that fun. Like they just keep screwing up in the second act. Yeah. Like they, like they, they, they screw something up then they have to fix it. And then they screw up again. And it's like, they're not progressing at all. And I mean, I, I think the way the plot is set up is that, if they progress at all, then they win, right? Yeah. Because it's basically once they get the hyperspeed thing working, they they win, they get hyperspeed, and they can escape or whatever. <laughs> they um, sort of bumble their way to the end because every because the way the plot actually progresses forward is that every time they fail, the plot progresses forward a little bit. Yeah, and like yeah. the way they get to the third act is by messing up the worst. Yeah. And they don't even like the third act... Like, I'm not going to talk about, I guess, the main stuff, but, like, the two, there's two side characters who basically the entirety of the third plot, they set up a bomb to kill, like, five robots. Or it's, like, ten robots or something. Mm-hmm. And killing those robots didn't end up meaning anything because they escaped before those robots actually do anything. Like, And it was just, like, why why am I watching this? Like, the, these have they have nothing to do. Why are these characters in this movie? 
it seems to me like that's a moment that's supposed to like show them working as a team, but we don't need that for those characters because the way this movie starts is buzz is not good at working with a team. The rest of the team is not good, but they're good at working as a team. So like you don't need to show us that the two, that two of the characters who already like each other, you know, are getting along now. They already were. Yeah, and they're not even doing something that's useful. Like, useful to the plot or even to their own characters. Like, I guess the Taika Waititi character kind of has like he's like he doesn't he's he wins by surrendering slash not surrendering because mm-hmm. um, he like pulls out this emergency thing that kills the robots. I don't know; it's hard to say. Um, but then like the the old chick, her like I don't really know what her subplot is. I guess it's to do good things but she just keeps blowing stuff up and she doesn't even do that. I think she like her, the she's introduced as someone that can put through any three objects together and build a bomb. And I think she does that once, maybe twice in the movie. She and builds she a really bomb, do but does else. she, she builds a bomb at one point, but like, does she put three objects together to do it? I don't know if they actually like deliver on that promise. Other, I know she builds uh, a bomb. They do, at least for the second one, she puts, like, the, well, it wasn't even, like, interest. She took, like, the, the teleportation thing and then put in a piece of gum and the wrapper for the gum. Like, it wasn't even three, like, interesting things. It's just kind of... You introduce a just, character that's MacGyver, and then you fail to create MacGyver. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's another, it's just, like, they created a fun character, and then they didn't really do anything with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the same thing, like, Taika Waititi's character was just kind of annoying the whole time, because he kept screwing up. Um, I'm not gonna, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I feel like, I mean, this, this is a bad sign going into Thor Love and Thunder, but I'm just kind of, I feel a little tired of his sense of humor, if that makes sense. It feels a little too, I'm, I'm just like, I've seen it too much lately. I yeah, I, I definitely get that. Taika Waititi and, with some people, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I actually think that, like, I I like their styles and their senses of humor, but, like, they've been in a lot of things recently. They got hired by Disney, and not only did they get hired by Disney, Disney hired them instead of everyone else. Like, every time they need someone for something, Lin-Manuel Miranda is right there, and so is Taika Waititi. And they always deliver something that I think is, like, of a consistent quality in whatever they're working with, because this was a well-voiced character. Like the problems with this character weren't that Taika Waititi was giving a bad performance. It's just that it's a Taika Waititi character. And we've seen that a lot. And like Taika Waititi movies, we've seen those. It just, he keeps doing the same thing. It just felt like Korg, but inserted into Buzz Lightyear. Um, And again, I like Korg. I just, it's it didn't really fit in here and I, I thought it just felt like rather than creating their own character they were just like hey let's get taika waititi to do himself in this movie that'll be funny um mm-hmm. he's just kind of he feels like a ryan reynolds type type. i don't know I, I i i personally i feel like he should more stick to directing at this point i also because i really i remember really not liking him in free guy either uh oh yeah he wasn't so, free yeah. guy. well Although I would say that in Free Guy, like Free Guy is a very Ryan Reynolds movie. Like everything in that movie seems like it was put together because Ryan Reynolds, like whatever that means. So even Taika Waititi's character, 
it feels to me like it's Taika Waititi playing a Ryan Reynolds character, which which is also weird. <laughs> which is weird, uh, yeah. but like I I say that because at the very least, like I don't actually think that his character in Free Guy is much of a Taika Waititi character. It's it is no. a change. It's just that it's a change to a Ryan Reynolds character. Well, it felt like Taika Waititi having to like he wanted to act like himself, but he was struggling. But he was, like, filtered, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's, like, actually... I don't think they were, like, censoring him or anything. But I think it was no, just, no, like... No. I felt the character was just, like, a derivative of him, but just, like, lesser, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because um, it was filtered out to fit more of the Ryan Reynolds movie. But, yeah, anyways, I think he he's best for his tone of movie and his type and his movies themselves. I think just seeing him in other projects just kind of takes away from the project itself. Yeah, because I'm just thinking, like, I also love Korg, but, but like, I think Taika Waititi's best roles that I've seen him in are What We Do in the Shadows and uh, Jojo Rabbit, which are mm. two very Taika Waititi roles in two very Taika Waititi movies, but that means a diff- but they're very different, too. Like, Hitler is not anything close to Taika Waititi's vampire in What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. And it's also, it's his movie, right? Exactly. Like it's his style. He fits in well. Um, this was, yeah, it felt like a copy-paste of another character. And it it was kind of a disservice. Because then we also, the other side characters just weren't very interesting. Um, like, even mm-hmm. the sidekick, the the granddaughter of Buzz's former partner, um, was just kind of, I think she had some interesting moments, but she just felt like a very generic like i can do stuff character and she didn't really like feel it didn't feel like she really grew as a person at all Mm -hmm. um which was disappointing because i thought there was also a lot of potential in the like the mentor the mentor uh learner relationship between buzz and her that doesn't really go anywhere she doesn't really learn anything until she has to do stuff and then she kind of knows how to do stuff Mm mm-hmm and then it was just like there was no progression at all. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I I'd say just like you could sum up this movie by saying like a lot of potential, um, and not delivering on the on that promise. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's basically all there is to say about the movie without spoilers. Do we want to yeah. talk about the spoilers? I think we sure, should. Sure. Okay. So here's spoilers. Everybody, it's spoiler time. If you're still listening and you don't want spoilers, this is where you have to tap out. This is it. There's spoilers now. Say the biggest spoiler you can, Pierre. Uh, Zurich is Buzz? That was I weird. Guess, yeah. I, I think uh, apparently there's a couple post credit scenes that are possibly teasing that there's a real Zurich out there um, and that Buzz was just stealing his stuff. Um. But I, I really don't like that explanation. It just feels very like we wanted to put Zerg in this movie. and But we want Zerg in this movie to sell, to please people, but also we don't want Zerg in this movie. It's like they really compromised on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because basically, yeah, Buzz is a older version of himself. And he did some weird back in the future, back to the future type stuff where he was trying to change the past. And... Um, doing so he and by because he found an, an alien ship capable of time travel uh, 
which is what he uses to become the main villain of this movie. And he which occupies like, like a Zurg body, like a robot body. Mm-hmm. I don't hate the idea that the villain is a time traveling Buzz Lightyear, but like, um, I guess we we've been pretty good about uh, being very family friendly. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say one word that you might want to cover your four year old's ears for. Uh, sounds like kind of an ass pull at the end. Like it just comes out of nowhere, right? It's yeah. like up until that point, we have time dilation. So like Buzz Lightyear is still relatively young because he's done all of these missions in functionally a day. But like for everyone else, it was 64 years or whatever. But like we don't at any point have time travel. And then at the end, it's like, oh, yeah. I found out you could time travel and he does a little bit of exposition, but it doesn't make any sense. And it's like way too late in the movie to just introduce time travel. And like the conundrum that we get there, because the metaphor that they're getting at is that buzz is his own worst enemy. And it's like very clever. I enjoy that. Nice. But it's like the way they do that comes out of nowhere at the very end. It's way too late to introduce a plot, a twist like that. It's just sort of like, and it ends up not really meaning much because like it doesn't it would be at the same time that's probably too late in the movie to introduce like a fully new character so i guess you like you you can like skip characterizing what makes zerg evil by just like showing that it's buzz from the future but it's also like I don't know. It just feels way too late for that twist. And it feels like it comes out of nowhere. And also by that point in the movie, there wasn't really any internal conflict for a younger buzz. Like I think he had already kind of sort of come to peace with the fact that his partner died and that he failed that mission. Right. Um, But like what he was trying to do at that point was he was still trying to complete the mission, but in his mind up until that point, complete the mission meant go back to the actual, like go back to the, um, go back to the town, the settlement they've made and deliver this hyperspeed crystal. And then they can leave if that's what they want to do. But he'd already like made his peace with the fact that the past is the past and like it sucks, but he's just not going to live through that past. But then at the end, just out of nowhere, it's like, you could undo everything, actually. And, like, it gives him a moral conundrum that, like you said, that he didn't really have anymore at that point. Yeah. He actually never had it. Maybe if Buzz was more obsessed with time travel itself and, like, going back in time, that would have maybe led to a better climax. But, yeah, it it never felt like his mission. Yeah, it's Um, at the very, like, if, if the movie had had time travel and Buzz had wanted to use time travel to go back in time, then, like, giving him the option to do that at the end would make sense. But, like, present not presenting that as anything close to a possibility until the very end just makes it, like... I mean, it, it just manufactures a new problem for Buzz to work through. Yeah. And, and then the movie doesn't even support it. It's, like, Buzz basically realizes, like, oh, hey wait a sec, if we go back in time, all my friends won't have existed. And is, and he's like, okay, I'm not letting you do that. And it wasn't even like, there was no conflict, even though the movie tried to set it up as one. Like, they didn't give it any time. He just, 
he's like, oh, wait a sec. It was more of a realization than like self-discovery, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like, well, like that just felt stupid. It was like, there, there was no real climax to the movie. Um, or at least carrot, like internal character climax of, mm-hmm. because he had already kind of been okay with it, uh, halfway through the movie. And again, that wasn't his goal. So it just mm-hmm. felt weird to have the villain try to tempt buzz with a goal that he never really cared about, or at least, you know, at least one line, they could have just like, at least had buzz say like, Oh, I wish I could go back in time and solve all this. Like, like that might have helped it a little bit, but like they yeah. couldn't even add something like that in it. I don't know. It just felt weird. It feels like even though the idea that Zerg is also Buzz is like a neat idea, I guess, on paper, it feels like the only thing he had to offer was something that uh, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Something that wasn't part of the movie. So it's like your villain isn't. Like, if your villain isn't going to offer anything that's that your hero has wanted, then you have to introduce this new conflict at the end. And, like, that's too late to introduce a new conflict, especially when it's supposed to be the central conflict of the movie. Yeah. And they don't even, like, the the fight's pretty boring, too. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. even a real fight. It just... uh, They escape, and then Zerg kind of explodes. And then it's over. It's just like, oh, okay. So, like, even in this kind of, like, side, like, at least give us, like, a cool action scene. There were no cool action scenes in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just kind of generic robots shooting at each other and not really doing anything. So, yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I it, again, the old buzz was interesting. They didn't spend enough time on it. He just kind of died really quickly. Um, and he doesn't really have much time out of the suit. Like maybe if we saw him actually fight Buzz without the Zerg outfit, it would have been more interesting and felt more gritty and personal. But it was, there's just a big disconnect when he just goes back into this giant robot thing. I feel like I feel like they just shouldn't have kept that a secret. Like if the very first time we're introduced to Zerg, it's an extended sequence that ends with Zerg like taking off his helmet and showing us the audience that mm-hmm. he's Buzz Lightyear. That establishes that time travel is a thing they can do early on and like it doesn't fix the issue of like presenting Buzz a new option at the end cuz Buzz still hasn't seen that. Mm-hmm. But it does like tell us as the audience that time travel exists and that like if we at least know what Zerg's motivations are earlier on, it does sort of help that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Zerg should have just been in the movie much earlier. Yeah. Um, in general. But again, like they spent so much time with, in the first act with like setting up the premise that it, it was, it was really tough to get him in earlier on and set him mm-hmm. up better. So yeah. Anyways, I, I don't know. I don't really, nothing else. Damn, I, I feel bad. I kind of complained the whole time. It 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 there was it was well animated. Um I thought Chris Evans was actually decent. I just the problem is I just kept seeing Chris Evans though as Buzz. I didn't really see Buzz. I think like the voice performances were all fine. Like I didn't hate any of them. Any of the problems I had with like the actors or like the characters here were more in the writing than in the actual performances. Like everyone was yeah. fine. Yeah. Socks is obviously the standout. Socks. Oh, every time I spoilers, I 
I was really sad when the old socks died. That was oh, that. Yeah. That actually was really messed up, and I'm surprised. Again, that was a really dark moment, but they mm. skipped over it completely. Like there was no, no one mourned old socks. It was mm. just over very quickly, and I kind of wish he survived in some way because I thought it would have been fun to see socks talk to socks. Yeah. Um, because the emotional weight of that moment didn't really pay off because the movie just skips over it really quickly. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I'd watch a socks spinoff. I think. I mean, but, Disney's doing a bunch of, like, short-form spinoffs on Disney+. Plus. Maybe we will get a new Lightyear series or a new spinoff maybe, of yeah. Lightyear. That'd be nice. I, I Apparently, the system they are taking off to was supposed to be this, the planet Zerg is living on in, like, the, the, the Toy Story canon or whatever. So okay. there might be... I don't. <laughs> so there might be a sequel with that. Um, I don't think so because this movie's not really making much money. I don't. Also, I mean, I can like, understand why, but yeah. Also, like, I don't want to see a Lightyear franchise. Like, I think it's fine. That's fine. Well, but I th- like, I think that it would have been cool if, like, it would have been a cool sci-fi, space fantasy franchise if that wasn't this movie. You know, I think there was potential there. But so, this wasn't really a fun movie, and it doesn't make me like really imaginative, or it just kind of makes me ponder like like time, you know. And that's just kind of sad. I mean, there is actually something. So I guess that actually does like remind me of something I wanted to mention. Is like I wish this movie leaned into the fact that it's supposed to be a space movie from 1995 more. Like I think that. Um, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. need it to like, you know, look grainy or look like it was made in 1995 or even have the same art style as Toy Story. I think it's like kind of I, I think it's kind of cool. I think that makes sense why they would go for a more realistic style than most Pixar's Pixar movies are. Um, but like, I don't know exactly what that would mean. I just got the fact I just got the impression that this was a sci fi movie. But I really think that they should have leaned into the fact that this is like leaned into the idea that this is an old sci-fi movie that spawned a franchise in its universe. Like the idea that the very ending of it teases a sequel is good, especially if that's a sequel that will never exist in our universe. (laughs) Um, But like, you know, it should have it should have all the trappings of a 1995 movie. It shouldn't have end credit scenes. It should be cheesy like a movie in the 90s would be. It should be like, I mean, we can, this is fictional 1995. So it doesn't have to have like, you know, everything bad from 1995. But it should be like, I think they really should have leaned into the fact that this is a fictional movie, like a movie within the universe of a different movie more than they did. Because Mm -hmm. like, I, I do not actually know what that would have looked like. I just know that they didn't do that because this just felt like a movie. Yeah, that, that this wasn't that at all. Mm-hmm. It just it felt like a kind of a throwaway line to give this movie more context, but I don't really think that's what this movie needed. Like this was the last thing this movie needed. If that makes sense. Like, I can believe that I can believe that this is a five-year-old's favorite movie, but I wish I could believe that this is still Andy's favorite movie now that it's been thirty years since mm-hmm. nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, more generic action, like generic action and like fun, fun stuff. And 
Because like, know, what was popular in night? I can't think of any '90s sci-fi it, movies though. That's the thing is like I can't think of what that would look like, but I just like, know this is not it. Like technically, like the Phantom Menace is that, is that like yeah, the closest? I mean, the Phantom Menace. I was gonna say like it should be almost it. It should be like more Flash Gordon-y. Because, like, mm. Flash Gordon was the... I think Flash Gordon was the extremely late 70s, but that would have been what was inspiring uh, sci-fi movies in the 90s. Yeah. That, I, well, yeah. and that, like, the fifth element... Mm. I don't know that this movie should have been the fifth element, but, like, that's, that's what great. we had for sci-fi movies back then is, like, the fifth element, Demolition Man, uh, very different movies, both of those. But, like... Yeah. The space movies, we had like Flash Gordon. We had a lot of stuff that was trying to be Flash Gordon. That's kind of where spite that's kind of where Star Wars originally came from. Um, you know, it should have been inspired by like it should have like leaned more into inspirations of like Indiana Jones, Star Wars, um, yeah. Flash Gordon, those kind of like big adventure movies. And yeah. like this it, it's not that those things weren't inspirations. But this movie just feels like a movie from 2022, which it yeah. is. But like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, it, it should have leaned into that fictional movie angle more. Ironically, Toy Story 2 did that better when they made Zerg Buzz's father. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that was I, like, that's the perfect example of a really corny trope based on a sci-fi movie or a space fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. it's kind of from i don't know it's like the 80s 80s 90s like it's close enough i guess i don't know yeah um yeah this movie didn't really have anything of any of that it was more just kind of the all the references were to toy story itself uh with the the lines that they would the, the buzz would say in toy story so yeah there should have been like winks and nods to things that kids watching this movie wouldn't get and adults mm-hmm. would be like wait a minute is that a are they referencing the fifth element? Yeah. That stuff would have been cool. Yeah. Again, so much potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, what what would you what would you rate this movie if you had to rate it? Uh probably like a a five, I think. I think yeah. I think it's like a soft five. Cause like I did actually enjoy the experience of watching this movie. But it didn't really make me feel much. Like, I went to the movie and I was like, I came out and I'm like, I had a good time. And that's about it. It was like, I was never really bored during it, but I didn't, I wasn't excited either. Um, Yeah. When I, like. I I thought it was interesting. I kind of liked that it was a lot dark. It felt, I mean, it felt like they were pushing a lot darker of a tone and it was different for Pixar. I appreciate that, but they missed the mark. I think that like, I think this is a movie that's really interesting to think about and not as interesting to actually watch. But Mm -hmm. the reason that it's as interesting to think about as it is, is because of all the potential that it doesn't deliver on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Unfortunate. So, um, yeah, that's Lightyear. And we'll hopefully be back next week, but I don't know with what yet because, um, we can't record for a bit. Oh, wait. Yeah, I guess it'll probably be Thor, right? No, By wait, time... hold on. We might be able to do Elvis. Oh, yeah, okay. We'll we see. We might do Elvis, and if we don't, it's going to be Thor. Because by the time we can record after Elvis, it'll be Thor. Very cool. Uh, Jeff, what's the last word? It's space.